go with me in your word to the book of Philippians. Uh, the book of Philippians, chapter number one. And today I, I want to deal with verse number six. So Philippians chapter number one, uh, verse number six. And the word of God reads, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want to say that one more time. Being confident of this very thing, that he that began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want to share a word with you this morning uh, from the thought or the topic under construction. Under construction. You know, because of COVID-19, we have been forced to stay at home. Uh, but one of the results from us having to remain at home and having to spend more time at home than we have been able to do in times past have been, has been that we have been able to complete many of the unfinished projects uh, and home improvement ideas that have been dormant or have been laying around, sitting around half completed or, or ideas we've had in our mind, but we just didn't have the time or, or the ability to devote ourselves to accomplishing that particular task. But because of uh, uh, this time that we've had on our hands, we've been able to complete some of those things. Uh, but uh, yet there still remains unfinished projects in our lives. Uh, they, they are still things in our lives that are under construction. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, the painting uh, at the house or, or the yard work or the mulching or the cleaning out of the garage or the rearranging of the house. I'm not talking about those projects that, that are under construction or those projects that still need to be done. But I'm talking about those things that have shaped our lives. Uh, the, the marriages that we gave up on too soon, the, the dreams that we let die, uh, the careers that we walked away from, those relationships that we terminated uh, uh, because of the issues we were having. We were blaming the other person, but we were the ones who had the issue. And, and so uh, I just I want you to know that that because of us having some unfinished projects and some unfinished business in our lives, uh, we, we look at God or we deal with God through the lens of unfinished. Uh, God delivered me, but I, I feel stagnant in him uh, because there's something unfinished in me. Uh, uh, I, I have grown in the Lord, but but God has allowed this sickness to come into my body. I, I don't understand it. I, I, I'm growing in God, but but I still have loss of job or or still have have the, the a loved one of mine who died uh, who is sick and lying on a bit of affliction and their days are numbered. I, I, I'm growing in the Lord, but there is something happening that I, I can't quite understand. And so I'm struggling with it. And, and so uh, I can't get past what is happening to me. I, I can't get past what God has allowed to happen to me. If he loves me and is for me, Pastor Mayo, why did 
uh, uh, he let this happen to me. Uh, but I need you to understand, beloved, that greatness is birthed out of adversity. It, greatness is birthed out of adversity. And, and, and so it is the end product of testing and trials and tribulation that then that, sometimes even tragedy that brings about greatness in us. Uh, sometimes the only way greatness will come out of us is if we go through some hardships, if we endure some trials, if, if we endure some tugging and some pulling and even some squeezing along the way, uh, because that will produce uh, in us uh, that which we need. Uh, uh, we must trust the fact that God won't let us be an unfinished product. God won't let us be an unfinished project. God won't allow us to be half done. Uh, but uh, God will complete what he's starting in us. The work that he is, is doing in our lives uh, is not going to go unfinished. Uh, uh, you uh, may be under construction, but that's only because God is trying to get you to a place. Uh, God is taking you to a greater you, and, and there's a version of you, beloved, that God sees. Uh, uh, yes, you may have some brokenness, uh, and you may have some, uh, some rough edges, but when God looks at you, uh, he sees his finished work. And so even though you may feel like you're in the fire, uh, even though you may feel like uh, uh, you are unfinished and there's some broken areas in your life, I stop by to remind you today that you're not broken. Uh, you're not an unfinished product, uh, but you are just under construction that the hand of the mighty potter is upon you and he is bringing about something mighty in your life. And sometimes when we have construction projects. We have to have to shield them away from the eyes and the, the, the visitation of other people. We When things are under construction, can't just anybody walk on the job site. You have to be uh, the one who has the ability to, to be able to work on the project in order to go on the job site. And so in this season, God has, has shifted some things out of our lives and only the people that are helping mold us and helping us become a finished work is God allowing to come into our lives because I'm under construction. Sometimes it's noisy in my life. Sometimes it's, it's, it's a lot of confusion. Sometimes there are a lot of mess in my life because on projects. Uh, there's a lot of materials and a lot of things happening, but I need you to understand, beloved, that God is doing a great work in you and God is bringing about a great work in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Philippians is one of Paul's prison epistles. The general consensus is that these epistles were written during Paul's imprisonment in Rome. Paul wrote Philippians around 61 to 63 AD from, from his Roman captivity. The church at Philippi had sent a gift to Paul while in Rome by the hand of Aphroditus. And Epaphroditus' job was a straightforward one. Uh, he had the assignment to take the monetary gift from Philippi and bring it to Paul to help support his preaching of the gospel. Uh, it wasn't an easy job 
uh, certainly uh, it carried a number of risks as he was transporting the financial gift a great distance. This responsibility suggests to us that Epaphroditus had a high level of integrity and respect from the brethren, and they knew he would take the job seriously and he would see it to conclusion. He saw it as a privilege to serve and had no excuse had a no-excuse policy for himself that no matter what he endured along the journey, he was going to see it to the end. He was not going to allow any of the, his obstacles or, or any of the, the roadblocks that he may face stand in between him and the work that was before him. If God had chosen him, chosen to use him in this capacity, he was going to make sure he followed through. I don't know about you, beloved, but when I think about uh, Epaphroditus and, and his commitment to fulfilling this assignment, I, I, the thing that always comes into my mind when I read this, this text and I think about his assignment is that we need co-laborers like that in our ministries. We, we even need co-laborers like that in our lives, people that will be with us, people that will have an assignment and a blessing on their life to bless our life, and they won't allow anything uh, anything to, to come in between what God is trying to do to help us and to get us to where he wants us to be. We need committed people. We need people that are, are willing to, to gird up with us and help us get to and get through the things that God is trying to do. Uh, Paul uses this occasion not only to thank them, but to comfort them concerning his situation as a prisoner for Jesus Christ. He also writes of his plans to send Timothy soon and why he considered it necessary to send Epaphroditus back to them. Here he takes advantage of the opportunity to encourage these faithful saints. And in verse number three, he says this, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. Verse five, he says, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. Verse six says this, and I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Paul says, I know that you are working hard with me. I know that you have a commitment to the Lord. I, I know that you are focused on bringing forth uh, uh, greatness to the name of Jesus Christ. But I know the, the trials that lay before you. I know the opposition that will come. I, I know the struggles that you may endure and encounter. But I want you to be encouraged, beloved, that when tough times happen, when situations arise, when opposition comes, I need you to hold on to this promise that I'm confident that he that began a good work in you will complete it until his return. Pastor, why is it important that Paul interjects this particular word of encouragement here in verse number six? Again, he knows what, it, what the responsibilities are for carrying the good news. 
Uh, he had endured hardships as a good soldier. He had been beaten. He had been shipwrecked. He had been left for dead. He had endured uh, rejection. He knew that these bad things will come even when you're doing a good thing for Jesus. But he wanted to encourage them and he wanted them to know that God would not start something he wouldn't finish. And so, beloved, this morning, I, I want you to, to be encouraged in the fact that the work that God begun in you is not going to go unfinished. The work that God has begun in you is a continuous work that is even happening right now. And even though you may feel discouraged along the way, I need you to remind yourself that I'm under construction. That, that I, I may not feel good all the time as it relates to the situations that are in my life. I may have areas that I need to grow in, but I'm under construction. I, I, I may have areas that, that I, I do well in sometime and I fall back other times, but I'm under construction. And you need to be confident in the work that God is doing, not because of, of the fact that you deserve anything more than anyone else, but you need to be encouraged and confident in the fact that that he is the one doing the work. So the first thing that I want you to understand, beloved, is that the, 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 your confidence shall come from the fact that he is the author of the work, that God is the author of the work. The he in verse number six is God. He began the work when he called us to salvation. Paul emphasizes that salvation is all God because he can think back on when and how God called him to the work that he called him to. Beloved, understand that God started this work. God chose you to do what he is doing in your life, even though he knew you didn't deserve it. Even though he knew you had a past, even though he knew that you would question the, the work that he has called you to do, even though he knew that you would want to give up sometime, even though he knew that you would contemplate throwing in the towel, God still began this work in you. And just like Paul, he recognized that it was not anything that he did. It was nothing that made him special, but it was the fact that God chose him. He says this in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 12 through 14. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used, used to be, used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. He said, I, I know I was wrong. I look back on what I was saying and what I was doing, and I recognize that I was wrong. There was error in my life. But even in the midst of my error, God chose me. And so I know this work that is, it has happened in my life is not something that, that I did on my own, but it's God doing it in me and through me. And so, beloved, your life, your past, and who you used to be uh, is not something that qualified you for the work that God is doing in your life right now. Uh, uh, you didn't qualify uh, to, for God to choose you. God chose you because you were unqualified. 
He didn't call those who are qualified, but what he does is when he call you, that call from God qualifies you. See, see, I'm not called to do what I do because I had what it takes. I'm called to do what I do because God looked at the little I had and God said, I can do much with it. See, see, God doesn't require me to have everything when he calls me, but what he does require me is to answer. See, and to trust him throughout the process. Over these 16 years of ministering, there have been times where I, I was discouraged. There have been times where I wanted to give up. There have been times where I questioned whether I should even be doing what God has called me to do. But because God began this work in me, he won't stop perfecting it. He won't stop developing it. He won't stop growing it. He won't stop pouring into it. He won't stop building it up. Beloved, I want you to be encouraged of the fact that God began to work in you. It may not look like the work he's doing with your brother or your sister. It may not look like the work he's doing with the person in church that you sit beside every Sunday when you were in service. Uh, it may not look like your pastor's work. It may not look like leading ladies' work. It may not look like the person on your job's work. But I still Stop by to tell you that he, nobody but Jesus Christ, began a good work in you. And because that work is good, not because it's good because other people pat you on the back, but because he said it's good. You need to trust in the fact that he won't let it go undone. Uh, uh, he sees, yes, your mistakes. He knows the thoughts that you have. He knows the imperfections that are in your life. But he still is working in you because you are under construction, beloved. You're not supposed to be perfect yet, but God is building you up to look more and more like him every day. You are under construction, but he is the one who started the work. But then Paul encourages us by telling us about the nature of the work. See, be confident because the work that he begun uh, has a purpose See, the nature of the work is the thing that I need us to understand. See, to begin to understand the nature of the work, we must focus our attention on the word in. Paul says he began a good work in. Paul is talking about being born again or regeneration. See, a Christian is not someone who has simply changed his or her ways and decided to reform his or her life and be a little bit better or more religious. A Christian is someone in whom God has done a work that is so radical, it can only be described as that person being born again. See, see, a Christian is not somebody that cleans themselves up, uh, uh, gets uh, a new hairdo and, and, and changes their wardrobe and, and begin to change the words they use or, or, or the way they act. See, understand that that's not what a Christian really is. That can be a religious person. That could be a church goer. But Paul is talking about uh, co-laborers in the gospel ministry. God is talking to the, the church at Philippi who are so, who are sold out for Jesus Christ, that they allowed their life to be transformed from the inside and then the outward expression of that inward change showed that there was a radical transformation in their life. And see, you need to be confident in the nature of the work that God has done and is doing, that it's not an external 
exterior makeup or makeover that he's done, but he has done an internal transformation. Hallelujah. The Bible refers to this change as being raised from the dead or being transformed into a new creation. Ephesians chapter two, verses four to five says this, but God is rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. See, you were dead in your sins, but because of the confession with your mouth and the belief in your heart, you now have risen in new life with Christ Jesus. And this transformative work happens on the inside. Why does it happen on the inside, Pastor? Because he knows that the inside work will have a permanent transformation that will be witnessed on the outside. See, if you only put fix up the outside, but you leave the inside unchanged, then that's like putting band-aids on a wound or, or putting makeup on a pig. I uh, see, see, you can put makeup on a pig, but it still is a pig. I, I'm not trying to offend nobody, but I want you to hear what I'm saying, because if you don't change the, the interior of a thing, then you can change the outside all you want. Uh, uh, but if the inside is still dirty and messed up. Uh, you can be clean on the outside, but still be unclean if the inside hadn't been changed. So God will perform a work on the inside of you because he knows if he changed your heart, then your words will be different. Pastor, why does he want my words to be different? Because life and death lies in the power of your tongue. And if he doesn't change your heart, you will continue to speak death to your life. Why? Because that's all you knew before you came to know him. You were living in death because you were living in sin. But now that you have life, God needs to transform your heart that out of the abundance of your heart, you will speak and you will speak life and you will speak declarations of faith and you will speak declarations of hope because that is what is on the inside of you because the spirit of God is in you and regenerating you from the inside out. So the nature of the work, beloved, is to transform you from the inside out. And that process is is tedious. That process can be long. That process can be uncomfortable. That process can take a lot of, of work. It can take a lot of starting and stopping, restarting and, and stopping, uh, repositioning and changing. Why? Because that work, beloved, is, a, is a, a powerful, miraculous work, but it requires great power and great detail to regenerate and reshape your heart and mind. You think about when a, a, a building is under under construction, they do start from the inside out. They start with the, the dem demolition, tearing down what is no longer going to stay there. And then once they do all the demolition and get all the old stuff out, then they begin the process of reconstructing the new layout. They do the framing, the new wiring, the new plumbing. Then they put this insulation and the sheetrock and then they finish it. And, and so if, if you only are passing a building and looking at the outside, you don't know that there's any work going on because you don't begin to see a change on the outside until everything on the inside has been completed. Once they complete all the work on the inside, then they transition to the outside and they start doing the exterior painting. They start putting new windows in. They put a new door in. 
and, and they do all the, the signage and everything, but that's the last step because they, there's no reason to do any of the exterior work until the inside has been completed. The nature of the work that God is doing. Be patient along this process because the work that God is doing starts on your inside. But then, beloved, the last thing that, that, that we should be confident in uh, is that the certainty of the work. See, the certainty of the work should inspire you. The certainty of the work should give you confidence. The certainty of the work should be the thing that gives, gives new, new breath in your life when you feel like giving up. Uh, the, the certainty of the work should give new inspiration to you when you feel like you're overwhelmed with, with discouragement. Why, pastor? Because there is a certainty to what God is doing. Paul said this. He says, I am confident. I'm going to read the Amplified translation. He said, I am convinced and confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. I like to amplify because it tells us that, that he will continue it and complete it. The Amplified gives us the, the understanding that this is not a one-time thing, that, that, that this particular process is ongoing, but there is certainty that it will be completed. See, many times because we live in this microwave society that has shaped our thinking that we want everything quick, fast, and in a hurry. We think that everything that, that God is going to do, God is going to do it quickly and swiftly. God can do things quickly. God can do things swiftly. We see it in the word of God that immediately God can change a situation. But many times God does things methodically and over the course of time because there is a process to it. And so Paul encourages the saints that it may not be a quick transformation, but God will continue to do it and he will complete it. See, he is confident based on the fact that he knows and he can trust God. See, Paul's confidence was based on the character of God. God's confidence, I mean, Paul's confidence was based on what he knew about his God. See, he knew that his God wouldn't start something and leave it undone. He knew that his God would begin to, to give you purpose and then let your purpose to go unfulfilled. He knew that God would not give you destiny and not let you to walk in that destiny. So, so Paul's confidence was not in anything other than what he knew God would do. God never starts a work and leaves it unfinished. God is not like man that he was, who starts stuff and just walks away from it when he, they lose interest. See, but the completion of the work that God has started in us is not predicated on our willpower. Hear me. It's not predicated on our ability to stay focused. Listen clearly. It is, it is not predicated on our ability to see it through. I want to say that one more time because I need you to get this in your spirit. See, Paul was confident because of the character of God. And so he knew that, that, that God completing the work it was not predicated on our ability or our willpower. It was not predicated on our staying power or ability to stay focused. It was not predicated on our ability to see it through. It was simply based on the fact that the work that, that has begun in us, God has already decided that he will complete it. 
how he will complete it, and when he will complete it. Hear that? That should make you get confident. That should make confidence bubble up on the inside of you. God has already decided that he will complete it. He has already decided how he's going to complete it. And he's already decided when he's going to complete it. See, whether you can stay focused is not going to determine when, where, or how God's going to do it. Whether you can, can have the willpower to endure and push your way through it uh, is not going to determine when or where God's going to, if he's going to complete the work. See, you have to stand, be steadfast, unmovable, and holding on to God, but God is going to do what he said he's going to do, not based on you, but based on the fact that he is God. And that is the thing that, that inspires me as a believer. I know that my God is going to do it because he is God. Just because we are all under construction doesn't mean we won't get completed. And just because your project may be further along than my project or my project and my, my, the area of my life that's under construction may be further along than yours doesn't mean we won't get completed. Just because there is always construction tape wrapped around our lives doesn't mean God is unaware of when the project will be finished. See, we get discouraged when there are delays. We get discouraged when there are setbacks. We get discouraged when we begin to see uh, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. We begin to see uh, things coming together and then a delay happens and we get discouraged because we thought the project was going to come to the end. But I, I want to remind and let somebody know that, that just because construction tape is in your life doesn't mean that God doesn't know when he's going to complete it. He may not have told you the details, but you can trust in the fact that it's going to get done. It's going to get done. Uh, uh, actually, we need to realize something, beloved, that, that the fact that the delay has happened, the fact that struggles continue to be a part of the process uh, 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 lets us know that God is still doing the work. God is still performing a work because those struggles are part of the process to complete what he has started. Paul tells us this in the book of Romans chapters, um, chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. He says this, And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Paul says, listen, we glory in tribulation. We find glory in tribulation because tribulation brings about patience. Patience is our staying power that is given to us through the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gives us the ability to be patient in the midst of opposition, in the midst of oppression, in the midst of adversity. That's our staying power. And patience gives experience and experience, beloved, knowing that God can do and will do because he's already done in times past. That gives us hope. And hope makes us not ashamed because we are not ashamed to go through what we're going through because we know that we have the hope of Jesus that's going to bring us through it. And that I'm not going through something because I've done something else wrong, but I'm going through something because God is trying to take me someplace. 
Uh, do you hear me? Uh, see, when I got saved and as I developed in the Lord, I learned the ABCs of, of spiritual growth. Uh, I, I learned uh, the ABCs of, of being a Christian, excuse me. Uh, a uh, stood for admit that I was a sinner. I had to admit that I was a sinner in order to receive the salvation. B stood for that I had to believe God loves me and, and sent his son Jesus to be my savior. And C stood for the fact that I had to come to him just as I was and trust in him as the one who died on the cross to pay the penalty of my sin. See, as a as a as a believer, uh, to to get this gift of salvation, we had to believe those ABCs uh, of, of becoming a Christian. We had to believe that, but but I've learned as I've matured past just being a Christian that there are some spiritual ABCs as well. That that there are some some spiritual ABCs that will develop me and grow me and push me into who God wants me to be. Uh, the A in the spiritual ABC, spiritual growth ABC stands for adversity. The B stands for builds and the C stands for character. Uh, adversity builds character. Uh, see, we won't grow in, in, in Christ's likeness without struggles. See, so many of us want the crown and the glory, but we don't want the struggles that produce the story, that produce the testimony that comes out of the test. See, we want the, the, the blessings, but we don't want to have to go through the bashing uh, of the adversity or the tribulation that will produce the blessings. See, we want the anointing, but we don't want to have to go through the oppression and the anxiety and the anguish that, that will produce the anointing. I see your greatest blessing is going to come in the midst of your greatest trial. Your greatest pain is going to produce the purpose that God has on your life. See, that's the ABCs of spiritual growth, that adversity builds character. See, we got to have some going through to get to where God is trying to take us. Uh, we got to have some construction in order to become the, the beautiful creation that God has envisioned, uh, uh, even though uh, others look at us as just a work in process. Others look at us just as a project, but God looks at us and sees the masterpiece that he visualizes in his spiritual mind. And so, Understand your adversity is building your character and your character is going to be the thing that carries you through your going through to get to where God is taking you. You're under construction. Construction sites have a lot of noise. There's a lot of dirt. There's a lot of activity. There's a lot of pushing and moving. There's a lot of, 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 of sweat. There's some blood sometimes, and there's some frustration sometimes, uh, but understand that, that all of the, the that goes into the project is worth it when you finish it and you see the labor manifest itself. Beloved, I just want to encourage you during this time of uncertainty, this time of, 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 of things happening that we don't understand, that God has you under construction. You may be wondering, God, why has it been over two months and, and we still can't get back to, to life as we knew it? Because God has you under construction. God is doing some things in you. God is doing some change in the things in the church. God is doing some things in our society. God's doing some things in our community. God is doing some things. 
But I want you to be encouraged that the work that he has begun in you, he will complete it. He will continue it and he will complete it. He's not going to leave you unfinished. Yes, some people have left you. Yes, some people have walked away from you. Yes, you have left some things undone in your life. Yes, you have prematurely aborted some things that you started and, and said you were going to do and said you wanted to do. But God is not going to do that to you. God loves you too much to leave you half done. But God is going to complete the work that he started in you. Yes, you're under construction, but I guarantee you this. God's going to finish the work. And you're going to be so pleased when you see the, the vision that he had when he looked at your life come to fruition. Now I'm going to talk to the person that doesn't know Jesus Christ and the pardon of their sins. I want to remind you of what I shared, the ABCs of, of salvation, of, of coming to Jesus, of becoming a Christian, that you got to admit that you are a sinner. You got to believe that God loves you and, and he sent his son Jesus to die for you. You got to believe that you have to come to Jesus Christ and give your life to him. The only one who paid the price for your sins. You may have listened to me today and, 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 and there's a yes in your spirit. Yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. Yes, I recognize he is the only one who could save my soul. I want to encourage you to inbox me today. Send me a message. Let me know that, that you want to give your life to the Lord and, and that you're ready to commit yourself to Jesus Christ. I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you. I want to help you in that process. And I want to help you develop your relationship so that you will recognize that you're under construction, but God is going to take you to a great place. We thank God for you. We thank God for all those that have tuned in. We thank God for those that will tune in later. And we believe that God is doing a great thing. And we're excited to see the finished product in your life. Let us pray. Dear God, we come before you today to thank you, Lord God, for all that you are and all that you're doing. Father God, you are mighty in all of your ways. You're great and you're powerful. We thank you for reminding us that we are under construction, that you are doing something in our lives and you will complete it, Father God. You will not let it go undone, but Lord God, you're going to bring it to fullness. And so, Lord, we thank you for that promise. We are confident in that fact. So, Lord God, be with us as we go throughout the rest of our day and throughout this week. Let us hang on to this word and let us be inspired by the fact that you love us so much that you are moving mightily in our lives. We pray for the one who doesn't know you in the pardon of their sin. Pray that they will give their life to you and you begin to walk with them and you will be the Lord of their life and the Savior of their soul. Lord, now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask for or think, may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest ruling about with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. And we all say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Walk in victory. And we'll see you next time.